What's up, mom and dad? Welcome to a brand new Raising Competitors podcast episode, and today we're going to teach you how to lead them up. That's right, mom and dad. It is a brand new episode of the Raising Competitors podcast. And my name is Jake Thompson. I'm the founder at Compete Every Day, and I'll be your host each week on the show as we talk to just some amazing guests, share incredible insights, and hopefully provide you with some takeaways that you can use at home to instill into your young athlete. Our goal at Raising Competitors is just to further encourage you as a parent and equip you with the resources to help your young athlete succeed in school, in sports, and in life. Today's guest is Lead 'em Up founder Adam Bradley. He's honestly a coach for coaches and players across the nation. He's developed a really cool online training program, in-person workshop. So Adam and I dive into being a leader. What does it look like for high school, middle school athletes today to be leaders? What are things that they do to develop those leadership skills in those kids so that those kids not only become a better teammate, but a better classmate and a better person? That they lead not only on the field, but from the sidelines, from the classroom, and at home when you're around them most. So we talk into a number of things that Adam and his team do through their workshops, through their online programming. Talk about what leadership looks like. What are some of the hurdles that kids today are facing and how is his team helping coaches and parents help the kids overcome them? And the beauty of this conversation is we hammer home the truth that leaders are created. They're not just born. That you may be born, your child may be born with certain leadership tendencies, but it's about the skills and the work they do after they're born that makes them a good or a great leader. It's about the work that you can do with them to help them hone those skills so that they continue to make a type of impact on their teammates and their classmates that go well beyond the field, well beyond their limited time in high school, but goes in throughout the rest of their life. So I'm excited to share with you today's conversation with Adam. Before we dive in, I want to remind you about our membership program at RaisingCompetitors.com. You can go on there now, sign up for your free trial membership, start getting access to the bonus content from all of our podcasts. You can connect with our private Facebook group of other parents. Talk to other parents, what's working, what's not. How are things going at your home? Learn what's working at other homes. Get further connected as well as receive weekly content from me that's only for members. If you're not quite sure after those seven days, no sweat. You'll still receive a monthly email from me with resources and content designed to help you help them at home. Because more than anything, I want to see you raise the next generation of competitors that win at their work, in their training, and in their life, just like I hope you are. But for right now, let's focus on helping them win in school, in sports, and in life, and raise the next generation of happy, healthy competitors. So with that said, let's dive into this brand new episode with Lead 'em Up founder Adam Bradley. Adam, welcome to this week's show. Hey, my pleasure, Jake. How you doing? Good, man. I'm excited about today's conversation as I've had the chance to follow you online for a while. Love what you're about with Lead 'em Up. Um, just love just the overall approach and the work that you guys are doing in youth athletes and, and raising that next generation of leaders. Tell us a little bit about Lead 'em Up. Tell us a little bit about who you are, uh, just so our listeners can get to know you. And then I'll 
I want to dive into this journey and passion you have around leadership and character development. Certainly. So Lead Em Up is a leadership organization where we provide drills and exercises to coaches around the country to help them develop their athletes into the leaders needed to win. Um, coaches are always looking for a drill or an exercise or, or some type of teaching concept to be able to develop those players into those leaders. And we think Lead Em Up's a great resource to do that. And you know, I, I personally had an opportunity to start the organization. At this point, we're going on five years ago, and, and we've seen tremendous growth. It's been in, incredibly um, impactful from what we've gathered and, and our personal experiences and the coaches' feedback. Uh, right now, we're in, I don't know the exact number, but hundreds of high schools around the country. And then here in the Baltimore, Washington market, I get an opportunity to work with teams uh, intimately and, and on staff, and I tend to work with one to two teams every season uh, on staff as their leadership coach, as well as doing individual sessions with teams, uh, not just locally, but regionally as well. So uh, it's been pretty cool. I think we've got a really good thing going in the Lead Em Up program and the feedback around the country has, has echoed that. So we feel really good about it. That's awesome. What just inspired you to get started with the program to start developing this brand and a guest resource for these schools? No, it was about four or five years ago. Uh, my old high school asked me to come and speak to their football team. I, I'd been experiencing some success in the podcasting space, ironically. I uh, had been hosting podcasts for, at that point uh, probably about six or seven years ago. Jake, I started podcasting in 2008. You know, hey, I remember. Oh, gee. Yeah, I remember my co-host at the time. I had to explain to him what a podcast was and how to even access it. It was really early on, but experienced some success with it and got invited to speak and just share about habits and that kind of general motivational speak with the football team. And at that time, the coach asked me if there was any way I'd stay on, stay on with them and work with the kids every single week. He felt like I had a message and a, the way I engaged the players that they really gravitated to what I was saying. And this was a community that, that needed individuals to come in and help mentor and, and help lead these young men. And he asked me if I would do it. And we didn't really have a plan, Jake. It was kind of open-ended. And we kind of had talked through it. Like, well, what do you mean be with the team? Like, kind of help the team? What, what, was, what does that look like? And we agreed for 45 minutes every week, every Tuesday, they cut practice a little short. And they'd give me the team for 45 minutes to impact them. And as you can imagine, if you begin to kind of prepare for this, like, okay, so I'm going to be handed over 50 high school athletes for 45 minutes every week with the task of developing them and empowering them and coaching them up from a leadership perspective. There's some things that you begin processing. You're like, okay, how am I going to keep these, these young men interested and engaged, right? How am I going to get them excited? Because this is every week. I don't want it to be a drag for them. And that makes it tougher for me, right? It's it's got to be good and fun and exciting. And I also realized that I, if I was really going to impact them the way I desired. Like I had to get to know them and truly build relationships and begin to build some trust. And I ended up spending every, I mean, I spent so much time with this team that season. I went all in, truly got to know all the players and develop these relationships. And each week I was identifying different things that they were struggling on. And that whole entire week I'd sit there and brainstorm, man, how can I, best communicate a message on body language to this team this week? How can I best communicate um, the need to eliminate distractions? You know, like whatever it was, and I'd brainstorm. And throughout the course of the year, I journaled everything I did with the team. And 
Uh, I think my brain's wired in a way that just uh, is, is focused on engagement and, and just being able to like creatively create a message that, that, that gets the player's attention. Um, I just think that maybe a bent, you know, just a God given thing type um, uh, part of me. And, and as I journaled and went through the year, we were having tremendous success and just slowly words started getting out and on my podcast, I would talk about it. And before you know it, I had, I mean, not a tremendous amount, Jake, of, of inquiries, but enough to tell me that there was a need for this. And I, you know, I'd say probably 25, 30 inquiries. Just like, hey, what is it you're doing? Could you share some of it? Would you be able to provide some of those exercises? And at that point, it kind of triggered that, you know, I, I would love to be able to create this and formalize this and make this available to coaches all over. And coaches are always looking for, man, give me that drill. Give me that exercise. You know, can you give me something that can help me get these players to another level? And I think Lead em Up is that resource that can do that for them now. That's awesome. And so tell us about what people can expect with that program. If they go to leademup.com, they check out the shop that you have a, an annual package at a very affordable rate. What could they expect with that? Yeah, I, I, I'm glad you mentioned the affordable rate. You know, we think so. You know, $99 a year. I mean, you know, we, we didn't want to price it in a position where like it was difficult. You know, we wanted it to be a no brainer for most and affordable by all it was kind of our thought process there. And, and the reality is when they open up and they get access to all the drills and exercises, we break them into eight categories. So communication, confidence, enthusiasm, relationships, self-awareness, self-discipline, habits, and focus. All the different areas, you, you click on whatever category you want to focus on, and there's all the exercises there. We intentionally designed our curriculum to be filled with the most memorable and portable content possible designed and built around the stickiest language available. So memorable and portable content with the stickiest language available. And, and what that means is there's a lot of catchy phrases, a lot of sticky terms in there that the players will gravitate to. I think one thing that we, I found was missing a little bit in the marketplace was anything leadership wise was always built around like, a workbook or like, and it felt like school. Okay. And it, it's just like, it wasn't engaging enough. I, I wanted to make leadership development to be as fun and, and, and as enjoyable as skill development. Okay. Right. Like players will go and engage in skill development all the time. They'll put shots up in the gym. They'll, they'll grab their lacrosse stick and, and, and go against the wall for hours. Right. But like, so their skill development, no problem. Right. But leadership development was always received kind of, uh, I don't want to do this. And, and I was like, that doesn't need to be the case. So we designed some of the extremely interactive uh, game type um, exercises that allow the kids to recognize and understand a message and hold on to it and actually kind of carry it with them. You'll see it all the time. And, and these are little indicators that the, the content and the curriculum is working is you'll see a lot of the phrases being used in the players like um, comment sections of their Instagrams and on Twitter, right? Where they'll use the little hashtags and like, Hey, go for the goal, brother, which is one of our exercises going for the goal. Oh, Hey, you're my six. That's a little uh, reference to one of our buddy exercises. A lot of things like that. We wanted to make it really catchy. So the players enjoyed it and could remember it. Love that. I love, well, and the one thing about that is especially in today's age, with social media, with everything else, not only do you have that 
ritual language that's within the locker room um, that I've heard, you know, other leadership development guys talk about of the culture and the importance of culture of guys on a team having that language. They have that with this program as well as now with social media, they can connect with other guys and other girls and players and other locker rooms using that same phrase, uh, knowing that they're trying to develop themselves in the same way too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you're totally right. And for me, I feel like if you're not engaging the athlete, okay, or, or the, the student or your son or daughter, if you're not engaging them and communicating in a way that it sticks, then, then it's almost, then what are you even doing, right? Like if the message isn't sticking and it is not carrying with them, then you, you kind of wasted your time. I, I, I know that sounds harsh, but you know, we've got to communicate in such a way that resonates, that makes sense, that gives them a frame of reference that they can comprehend. And, and for us, you know, just an example, like we have a clapping exercise. It's called our nine clap. Our players recognize immediately, hey, I need a nine clap and nothing less. They know exactly what that is. There's a relationship building connection exercise called going for the gold where it's a strategy where they've got to go mining for gold in search of gold mines. Gold mines are connections. Once they establish connections, then there's a process of investing to make the relationship richer. They understand a new player can come into an equation into one of our teams from a transfer or wherever it happens to be. And I can go to a player who's been through that and say, Hey, hey, I need you to spend like five minutes mining for gold. Right. And when you come back, let me know how many gold mines you uncovered. And he knows exactly what he needs to do. He needs to go searching for connections and looking to build that relationship. We've got a five and two handshake eye contact exercise. They know exactly how they need to approach individuals in a very catchy, hey, give them a good five and two, say hi to them. They'll know exactly what that looks like. So for us, you know, one of our bigger teaching concepts is building the green team. It's this process that everyone on a roster falls in one of three classifications, Jake. They're either in the green, they're in the gray, or they're in the red. The green represents money. That's where we need to be. And there's a list of traits associated with players that live in the green. The gray is where about 60% of our athletes live on a roster. They're, they're, they're neutral, right? They're not necessarily driving us forward like those in the green are, but they're also not pulling us back and trying to bring us down. They're, they're sometimes inconsistent. Some days they're, they're good. Other days they're, they're kind of not so good, but they're just kind of in the middle there. They're, they're a little bit more reserved. They're kind of go with the flow. They show up. They're a good teammate, not a great teammate. They live in the gray. And then the other aspect is the red, which we all kind of understand. If you're familiar with business, if you're in the red, you're struggling, right? When players are in the red, they're, they're typically lazy. They're uncoachable. They're complaining. They're, their body language reflects their attitude, which is poor. They're selfish. These are players in the red. Typically, you get about 20% in the green, 60% in the gray, 20% in the red, and that makes up your 100% of the roster. That's usually how it is in the beginning. Our players know throughout the course of the season, each and every person's individual goal is to build the green team, to get each of those players around them, their teammates, increasing their leadership and their ability to be a great teammate. So when things matter most, when it is our time that we need to peak as a team, we are all operating in the green. And I share all that just because it is an example of getting a young player to understand the need to get our team growing as a leader, right? And and building that culture in a really easy to understand frame of reference. Hey, we need to build the green team. 
and they understand exactly who's in green, who's in gray, who's in red. They can identify those easily. You can go through a roster, they can label it. Don't, they know exactly who's in the, the red. They know who's in the green. They know who's in the gray. And it's like, if, you, if they label their team at 90% in the gray, guys, we, we can't build anything special. If we've got 90% of our team in the gray, we've got to get to the green. And, and there's rules around it. But I share all that just to kind of communicate how we've tried to be really intentional to build a curriculum and build exercises around just memorable and portable content filled with sticky language that the players remember and can hold on to and understand. I love that. I love that. So let me ask you, because you've been doing this for a handful of years now, uh, technology continues to change at just a crazy rapid pace. What are some of the issues you see at the, the high school level for leadership development then? And how has it changed to now? Because I feel like things are changing faster every year. Some of, some of the issues may not, but a lot of the challenges that kids are facing from distractions and everywhere else seem to. Yeah, you know, I, I think there's a, there's a couple things, right? I think one is there's an increased uh, level of ego in players, right? Where, where players think everything's kind of revolving around them and, and they want the team to do well, but they want to get theirs first. I think there's a lot of that going on. And I think social media plays a factor in that because we're all kind of our own superstar, right? We've got our following, whether it's big or small, we've got our own platform. Okay. It's kind of, it inflates our ego at times, or at least has an opportunity to. So I think you've got to fight against that. Uh, I think the relationship aspect you've got to fight against. I mean, we always talk about, you know, through social media, you're connected, but yet more disconnected than ever before, right? So like, it's a really weird paradox there, but we've got to recognize and be very intentional in a team environment that, that we truly are living out what we claim to be. And every team I'm around always claims to be a family, all right? And I, I love challenging my players with this. We'll end practices at times. One, two, three, family, Jake, which as you know, most teams do, right? And, and then I'll go up and I will intentionally find a team player and I will ask them for the cell phone number of a teammate I know they do not have, right? And say, hey, can I get, can I get uh, Mike's phone number? Hey, can you hand me Mike's cell? Oh, coach, I don't, I don't have Mike's cell. Oh, oh, what do you, you don't? No, I don't, I don't. Coach. Hold on, but you just said one, two, three, family. Like, like what, what is this, right? Are we like long distance cousins that we don't talk anymore? Like, is this truly a family? Like, like, can we, can we actually live what we claim to want to be? All right. So for us, I, I think a lot of my time, Jake, is spent about the relationships and the connections, because I feel like it's so critical and it's not as deep as, as it once was because of various factors that you mentioned. Um, so from a relationship standpoint, you know, that's where I tend to spend a lot of my time because I also think it's, it's critical that the relationship foundation is there in order for our players to lead one another. And I use a, uh, just an example, a little teaching metaphor of we cool to my guy. And, and what I mean by that is I'll ask some players, say, hey, tell me about your relationship with your teammate over there. And, and I'll get one or two responses. I'll get, oh, yeah, we're cool. We're cool, which is very common. I totally yeah. get it, right? We're, we're cool. And then I'll say, well, tell me about your relationship with that teammate over there. And I'll point to another one. Oh, that's my guy. 
that's my guy, right? And I get one of these two responses and I don't even need to know the backstory to recognize the one that you said, hey, we cool that there's not a beef there, there's not tension there, but there's just not a lot of history there. There's not a strong foundation. That's not a player you necessarily like love playing with, but you don't mind playing with, it's fairly neutral. But then I know the one over here where it's like, that's my guy, right? That there's a foundation, they have a history together, there's a joy there. That's someone they have fun being around. That's someone they want to push and that's willing to push them and hold each other accountable. And from a youth perspective, right, if we don't have a relationship, we won't lead one another. They won't have the courage to go lead another young person that they don't have the relationship with. And in fact, I've seen this play out where sometimes a player will try and that other player won't receive the message warmly enough. It'll almost be something like, Hey, back up off me, man. You don't know me like that. Like, like, where do you think you, 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 you have the right to like, come at me like that, right? Like you, we don't even talk really. Now you're coming in my face, trying to push me and drive me. Right. And, and on the flip side, that player probably won't even have the courage to do that because they just don't know that player like that. Okay. So for us, the relationship, that foundation has to be there to build the comfort zone and to begin establishing um, the standard of, Hey, I'm going to lead you. And, and guess what? You're my guy. Like and we've got each other's back and we know that. And, and through that process, now I can better lead you. This, the one thing I like about this is, is you've got a lot where you're building not only your relationship with the players, but obviously the, as you shared the focus on the relationships between each other, but a lot of that time they spend at school, there's still more influences and things going on at home. And so what are some of the things that you are encouraging the parents of, of players in your program um, or the athletes themselves to do outside of school, outside of practices when, when they're not around those same teammates? Yeah. First off, I got to say that that's why I applaud you. You're doing so much work with the parents. Okay. And admittedly, Jake, like we haven't gone that route yet, although it's been suggested, we haven't just had the time or our focus hasn't been there. Right. It is so critical that, that this is beyond just the team. Okay. Uh, there, there's gotta be more to it. And, and I think it plays into one of the messages we say that uh, leadership is a lifestyle. It's not just in season. It needs to be all seasons. And, and how you do anything is how you do everything. So those two things speak to the need that there's got to be more than just the coach speaking this message, that it's got to be more than just in season, this being an elevated message. This needs to be part of who they are in all aspects of their life in all seasons, right? So for us, you know, let's say we're working on, we're going through our detail exercises where we're working on little details of their life. And when I say details of their life, like we'll spend, we have seven different things in our detail exercise where we're talking about handshake, eye contact, question asking, our tones, right? Up tone, down tone, when, when the difference that those makes our body language and our posture. So like the little details and a lot of players will say like, like coach, like what does this have anything to do with basketball? What does this have anything to do with lacrosse? And, and, and I remind them that, you know, in order for us to become more detail-oriented players, we've got to become more detail-oriented people, right? We can't just rely on flipping a switch. It's got to be part of who we are, which then speaks to the fact that this needs to be something we do all the time every day in all aspects 
so it becomes part of our development and then it becomes part of who we are and and that's where that's where the parents play such a large role in this right of continuing to reinforce and to continuing to push the messages and hold our kids to a higher standard of living okay it's so important a higher standard of living right we've got to be better right and and it's interesting parents go all in as you know jake to get their kids to be the best athletes possible right to try to get that scholarship especially that d1 right because every kid in america belongs in d1 right um and, and they want it so bad for their kids and here's what intrigues me about it they will travel weekends they will spend all this money aau club team this travel team this elite team over here this right and then they allow their kids to live their lives at a lower standard outside of the sport. They go home and they allow their kid to be lazy and they allow their kid to like, not necessarily you know, speak in a professional manner when interacting with strangers and, and not give strong handshake, a lot of those details, right? And it's like, hold on, hold on. If, if you truly are desiring for your player, your, your son or daughter to be the best, listen, it, it, better people make better athletes, right? Like let's yep. work on it in all aspects and guess what? It will produce a better athlete because you've helped them in incorporate better disciplines, you know, making that bed in the morning, eating healthier, right? Having a better um, uh, control of your time management, you know, prioritizing your priorities better, like all those little things. Parents will let all that slip, but yet they want the best and they'll spend thousands, right? Hey, there's a connection, parents. There's a connection, okay? And how we do anything is how we do everything. If you're really good over here, it will help you as an athlete. So for me, I really just, I try to communicate what we're doing with the players. And I have our coaching staffs communicate to the players. And a lot of times I'll meet with the parents preseason and tell them what their kids are going to be going through. I ask them to ask the kids exactly the things that they're learning. And then I ask the parents to help hold them accountable and reinforce the themes. So it, it doesn't just leave the moment they leave practice. Okay. Well, and that, that's crucial as well. I mean, everything you hit on there, especially with the parents, because for the parents listening, we've talked about a few times the importance of the kids are watching and like what you allow them to do or what behavior you set the example in yourself is the example they're going to see is okay. And they're going to start to differentiate well, it's okay on the field to be one way or it's okay to be with my team one way, but when I'm at home, I don't have to live up to that standard. Where, as you've talked about, leadership is, is an ongoing thing. It's not an on-field thing. It's a lifestyle. You, you're totally right, and I think you nailed it. Like my, my favorite little story about that is Kobe Bryant two years ago was attending San Diego Chargers training camp, and one of the players asked him, like, how did you create that killer focus? That, that Mamba mentality that he had. And he actually referenced uh, in high school, it was at Lower Marion High School in Pennsylvania. He, there, was, there was a game. They were up by one. There was five seconds left. Ball, the, the opponent was bringing the ball down. His man was underneath the basket. And his only job at that time, Kobe's, was, was to box out his player underneath the basket. Guy comes down, puts the shot up, three seconds left, puts the shot up. The shot goes long, ricochets off the back rim. Kobe, as the shot's going up, found himself watching the ball go up, and he's watching it go through the air, okay? Goes long off the rim, ricochets off. As Kobe's watching, his player sneaks in underneath him, grabs the rebound, puts it back up, and they lose by one. 
right? The next day he's at school, he's in math class and he's telling this story and it's extremely powerful. He's in math class and he's sitting there and he hates math, right? And, and he realizes about five, 10 minutes into class, he's like dazing off. And it was in that moment, he said, that he began to recognize the same way he was dozing or not dozing, but dazing off and kind of staring out into the, the, the sky there in math was the exact same way that he kind of caught himself dazing off in the game where he lost his focus for a moment, right? As he watched that ball go through. And he said at that point, he used math, his math class to be his training ground to develop a greater focus. Cause he believed if he could focus great in something he didn't care about, that it would strengthen his focus in something he did care about. And he said at that point forward, he would go into math, although he hated it, he would just, I got to focus. And he would train himself. And he became an incredible math student. He says now math is his best subject. He became an A student. And it helped drive his focus on the court. And, and I share that because the same thing goes for like our young athletes, like in little areas of their life, right? Like if you're lacking discipline, if you don't clean your room, if you don't make your bed, right, then maybe that lack of discipline will show itself on the court or on the field. But the, the contrary, if you became a more disciplined young person at home with your chores, with your, you know, your schedule, it's going to help you become a more disciplined player there. And, and maybe the home, here's an interesting thing for parents, maybe the home is the best training ground for your player as an athlete. Maybe it's actually more effective than the hundreds of dollars you spend hourly on a trainer. Maybe there's more value found in the little details of your parenting and, and raising this young man, uh, son or daughter. That could be the game changer. No, well, and not only that, the one thing that you said that I – think stands out to reiterate with the parents listening as a resource to tell their kids is Kobe developed that he might have had some tendencies for that that killer instinct focus but it was a choice that he developed it every day in that class in one arena that translated to him being able to excel it outside of it so regardless of where the kids tendencies are right now they can be reminded that certain skills and mental toughness and focus can be developed over the course of their youth life. Uh, you name it, if they're willing to do that work intentionally every day. You, you nailed it. And parents, I mean, what Jake just said is so important. You know, leadership is a skill. Players will say, how do you know that? Easily because people get better at it. And I use the reference of every, uh, everyone starts with zero weight on the leadership bar. Okay. And it's through reps that they will slowly add the fives, the tens, the 25s, the 35s, the 45s, and get stronger as a leader as they get more reps. Okay. And athletes should know better than anyone how do you develop any skill? You got to get practice. You got to get reps. You got to saturate yourself and start studying and asking questions and reading things and, 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 and evaluating yourself and spending time around mentors. I mean, you got to do all these things. And, and trust me, I've seen players that. I mean, they, they were a shell of a, a leader early on in their high school career. And then by the end, you know, they, they developed some skill sets, right? They learn how to manage their emotions better. They learn how to communicate effectively and, and hold themselves to, you know, greater standards and, and have better discipline. It's absolutely a skill. And you just got to get in the weight room and start getting your reps. You have to.
That's right. That's right. All right, Adam, how can anyone find you, get connected with you, the work you're doing with Lead Them Up for if they want to get the program, if they want to find out more, if they want to follow some of your stuff, where can we find you online? Yeah. So Lead Them Up, uh, go to leademup.com. Uh, we're at lead underscore EM underscore UP. Hate that Twitter handle, but that's all they had, right? So lead them up with underscores in between each word there. Uh, and then at lead them up on Instagram. Me personally, at a Bradley five. Uh, if you'd like to connect with me, I'd love to connect back with you. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're just out there. And then also have a podcast, Desire for Coaches and Athletes. Been doing that for uh, five years now. It's called The Hardwood Hustle. Uh, we've, we release two episodes a week. And I co-host it with a guy named TJ Rosine, incredible D2 college basketball coach based out of Atlanta, who's also the director of coaching for PGC Basketball, one of the best coaches in the country, just full of wisdom. And uh, it's a great, great resource if you're interested. Dude, that's awesome. We'll be linking to both in the show notes. Uh, so you can check out Lead em Up, you can check out the podcast, and you can follow along with Adam. Man, thanks so much for coming on the show this week. Hey, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. 